Good morning and welcome to another episode of Women of Consciousness. Um, this week, Natalie is still on vacation. Um, so I am having some guest co-hosts once again. Um, John, if you listened last week, he was on and we talked about the divine and wounded aspects of the masculine and feminine energies. And this week we had decided we were in to discuss um, healing with plant medicines and psychedelics. And then I have another friend from that same spiritual kind of healing community, um, Lindsay, who is joining as well. So two wonderful, amazing people today to just kind of share their insights and experiences and really bring... Um, some life and some passion, I think, to this topic that is really on <laughs> a rise here in the United States, at least, um, as laws are being changed state by state and federally. Um, so good morning, Lindsay. Good morning, John. You guys both there? Good morning. Awesome. Um, so thank you, John, for coming back. Yay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It was so much fun last week. It was. And, uh, yeah. And thanks, Lindsay, for joining. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Um, so I guess I had said last week a little bit about how John and I had met um, via like these healing retreats. And it's the same thing for Lindsay. We met a little bit before John and I. We met last November, I believe, correct? I think it was um, New Year's Eve weekend. Was it New Year's Eve weekend? Okay. I wasn't sure if you had come back for that one or if that was your first one. <laughs> yeah, I think that was my first one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, that was a fun, <laughs> fun weekend. Um, so I guess um, whoever really wants to go first, I'll kind of open it up to you guys. But I'm just kind of curious, like your, um, yeah, just your thoughts and feelings and maybe even like the whole connection. I feel like the medicine calls us. Um, and so when you hear that calling and you decide to jump down that rabbit hole um, and go on the journey. So I'm just curious if you're willing to share anything. Sure. Um, yeah, I can jump in. Um, I, I guess um, I think this, the whole plant medicine thing sort of got on my radar maybe maybe about five years ago, um, five or six years ago. And um I was really interested in, I saw this uh, documentary that Aubrey Marcus made about ayahuasca and I found that really compelling and wanted to learn more. Um, and so I started like kind of just like researching about ayahuasca a lot and, um, but I got kind of um, a bit uh, shy about it after that. Like the more I learned, the more I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, but, <laughs> but I had, um, but I had already, you know, I had already um done mushrooms in college you know um and so that seemed like uh, a much more comfortable starting starting place for me um and so i started you know researching um you know different places that i could go for that and uh and selected one and went and and it was like the most profound experience of my life i think that week um and and it was incredible and i met amazing people and I remember before I went, um, I was just asking them, like, you know, who, like, what's the demographics of the people? Like, is it, you know, mostly older people, younger people, you know, like, what, you know, I was just kind of curious. And they were like, well, all we can say is that, like, uh, the people that are supposed to find each other uh, will. And oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay, cool. and I was like, okay. 
you know, that this will be interesting. And I get there and, it, and I mean, it was like, I couldn't have, it was like, literally like felt like the universe had like hand selected all the people like for a specific <laughs> purpose. Cause there's like that connection. And um, there's something about like being in ceremony with people that really bonds you as well. I think a lot quicker than you can be bonded in other, most other situations. I mean, a save like war or something, yeah. um, but you know, I don't know. Anyway, it was just really, it was an amazing week. And then I, I sort of just got more interested in the path um, because I quickly realized after returning home that you can't, you can't just keep holding on to this one thing and, and trying to, I mean, you can work through it for so long, but once you've sort of done the work that the medicine has shown you mm -hmm. sort of, I had to go back to the drawing board, I felt like. And, and so um, it's been, you know, really a few years past where I was just kind of winging it with myself, but um, it's been really wonderful to have like a community of, of people. So it was, it was such a serendipity when I saw that there was that retreat and I went yeah. um, and, and I met you guys. It's been uh, really amazing. Absolutely. I agree. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. Um, I, I absolutely agree. I think every single one that I have participated in, um, even outside of like our, our community space and other retreats, um, there's that alignment. It's a magical <laughs> alignment of the right, the right place, the right time, the right people. Um, yeah. It's funny too. You still haven't done ayahuasca yet, have you? No, not yet. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, for, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying it's on the horizon. It's on the horizon. Great, right? And that's the thing with ayahuasca too. Um, I remember when I I discovered it through San Pedro, um, going down that kind of rabbit hole of research. And as soon as I came across ayahuasca, I was like, forget San, um, not San Pedro, peyote. I'm sorry, um, peyote. I was like, well, forget that. <laughs> I was like, I want ayahuasca. And, um, and so I went to Peru, um, for, for my adventure and same thing. It was like five days and it was people from all over the world. And in that special like setting, um, just being able to connect with them and hear their stories. Cause, and, and all of the other people that I was there with, none of them had told their parents and these are all like, you know, middle-aged adults, but they were all like afraid of their families <laughs> knowing yeah. what they were doing. And so I kind of thought that was always this funny thing where you could rely on this total stranger next to you, <laughs> but your family back home had no idea what you were doing. Yeah, <laughs> Um, but John, I would love to hear, um, if you want to take a minute and describe anything about how like medicine kind of called you. I know last week you were talking about a little bit, um, more of <laughs> history. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, the medicine called to me pretty early in life. Uh, I started with, you know, um, obviously cannabis and mushrooms pretty early on in my teenage years, uh, <clears throat> had a lot of great experiences, um, but then kind of gravitated away from that. And um, I went into working primarily with cannabis and just really becoming very intimate with the plant and um, a lot of um, a lot of work directly with patients and um, just trying to, you know, get people to a, a healing perspective with cannabis. Um, and I love doing that. And then, you know, kind of just out of the blue, um, you know, the concept of mushrooms started to call back to me and I started to um, 
just started to do a lot of research, started to like really get to know um, more about the mushroom and, and more about uh, its usage throughout cultures. And then I began to kind of, um, you know, I kind of took the Terrence McKenna protocol and started doing, you know, like um, a heroic dose by yourself in the dark. And that's a pretty interesting experience when you're just kind of sitting with uh, a pretty hefty dose kind of by yourself in the dark. You really um, connect to your true essence. So I was doing that for a little while. And then, um, yeah, like ayahuasca, that was something that I wanted to um, go to Peru and experience for about 15 years. But, you know, working and family, I, I wasn't able to get away. And a friend of mine had mentioned that there's a uh, group in New ha that was in New Hampshire at the time that was serving ayahuasca. And that really called to me. So I kind of figured out how to get there and, and do that. And um, once I had that experience, I think like what Lindsay was saying, um, the aspect of the ceremony and connecting with people during that ceremony is something profound. Um, what I discovered um, kind of being in that group was that um, we're all in this together and we all carry so much different trauma or pain or uh, just things that we want to get within ourselves that we can't necessarily get to. And the plants will guide us there. And, and um, ayahuasca, that, that weekend was a profound experience for me just to, uh, like you guys were saying, connect with a group of people, um, meet some people that I knew that were probably going to be in my life for a long time. It was a very uh, unique and interesting feeling. So I, um, yeah, I kind of, have been um, working with uh, different medicines and then, you know, found the group uh, where, where we uh, all met. And that has actually absolutely 100% changed my life as far as the community that I've discovered, the relationship with myself that I've been able to uh, discover through these ceremonies and um, a level of vulnerability uh, in searching for yourself as we all kind of like, you know, I mean, um, Pam has seen me purge pretty deeply, you know what I mean? But it's like that level of vulnerability where we, right. uh, you're safe and comfortable and you can actually get the work done in a beautiful environment. And it's um, been really you know, life-changing, absolutely, and really inspiring to witness my own development as well as the development of other people that kind of come to uh, experience the ceremony. Absolutely. And I agree. I think that for myself is one of the most profound things of – doing psychedelics and healing, you know, with a community. Um, over the past year, it's just seeing everybody's growth um, mm. compared to like the retreats where I just pop in for a weekend and pop out. And sure, you have that connection in that space, but then it's so hard to go back to your day-to-day -day life. And, um, and you lose those connections a lot of times. Um, or at least I did. And so to be able to be in this space and, and to really get to know everyone's story. And like you said, that vulnerability, people open up about what they've experienced, those traumas, those pains, mm -hmm. those, you know, phases of life that we're transitioning into and out of. Um, so for that aspect, I think like as much as I, um, uh, struggle, <laughs> I think personally with the path to, um, a facilitator, like in a, um, clinical setting, if I was, you know, to, to go and get my licensing and do all of that, I don't feel like I could sit in an office and help administer like these mm -hmm. kind of, you know, 
things <laughs> to people. I think you need that, um, the ceremony with it. I think you need nature with it. You need fun and play. Um, but yeah, to be able to actually get more on a personal level and, and really build friendships and family, that's been the most surprising and beautiful part for me. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious, what is, um, and you can, you know, take turns. So I guess I'll ask Lindsay first. You did the San Pedro as well, right? The cactus? Yeah. Yep. Which is similar um, for those who don't know. San Pedro is, it, it comes from Peru, um, similar to San um, Peyote. I'm going to get them all tongue twisted now. Um, that medicine is really like... <laughs> hard to drink for some, but then once you get it down, I feel like that's the hardest part because there is no purging. Um, like John said with like ayahuasca and such, it's more of a like 12 hour long, really mellow <laughs> riding waves of, of insight and whatnot. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just curious what has been, um, maybe your favorite or most profound experience with like a certain um, plant, if that makes sense. Um, well, I guess, um, I mean, the San Pedro was, um, really mellow, uh, mm. if, if you will. Um, and it was, it was helpful and it, it, it ground, it felt, made me feel very grounded. Um, and that was a great experience. Um, but as far as like the most profound uh, experience that I've had with plant medicine, that's probably my first five gram mushroom trip um, down in Jamaica several years ago. Um, and I just, uh, I remember being like, being very aware of the fact that I was able to control my my brain essentially like i was i was down in the i was down on my knees like looking at the ground um just because i was feeling a bit nauseous um and and so i i remember looking at the ground and thinking like how disgusting and ugly it looked but knowing in my head that i could i could flip the script by focusing on something else you know um and i think that in general extrapolates to life it's like you do have control of your thoughts to a certain extent. I mean, you maybe not your thoughts, but like what you focus on. And yes. so just trying to like, you know, zoom back out and being like, okay. And I remember flipping it in that moment, um, being like, okay, no, I'm gonna find the beauty in this ugliness on the ground. Like there's like worms and, you know, dirt and whatever. Um, and, and then after that, it, it was like something burst and I, I had like a very unifying experience with the universe um, where I just, I felt like I became just a point of consciousness, like a God and like nothing existed anymore. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it was like, I realized that like without anything, without matter, without people, without, you know, places, experience, like things to experience, then there's nothing I mean, there, there's, what's the point, right? Um, like, you know, being, having consciousness in a vacuum would be kind of a waste. And so it was sort of like, uh, I, it was sort of like explained to me through ex this experiential process uh, that the reason why all of this is here and why, you know, 
anything is at all is because of of that exact thing you know and and just there was like something just clicked in my brain and it really like changed my my view on I think spiritual I mean I was always sort of a spiritual person but I had given up on religion after you know yeah. years of trauma around that and so you know yeah I, I think that it really revived me spiritually it like lit a lit a spark or a candle in my heart or something and um and I just and I felt so much freer after mm -hmm. that experience like and during it too I mean there was like just a, a bunch of amazing things that happened within the experience itself but I won't go into all that but I mean it was just a it was a beautiful day and I was with I was like communing with the trees and they were each tree I would walk to would like speak to me you know um and and the, and the setting was just gorgeous uh, and so everything about it was just incredible and afterwards i just remember feeling so free like a child again like where i didn't feel like i had to hide myself anymore like which has been a feeling you know that that's been a theme for you know many decades and um well, maybe not many but <laughs> at least a few um and, <laughs> and yeah i just felt like i could like really relax into myself and like let my my light shine again for the first time in many years and so it was just such a i felt alive and i felt free and i just had so much love in my heart and i would literally run up to strangers on the beach and like try to give them hugs like uh -huh. I, was just, I was just so happy and so it really it, that was very profound that was probably the most profound for me um yeah that is really really beautiful. And I can relate to those experiences. I think that's definitely a gift of, of um, the plant medicines, you know, mushrooms. Absolutely. Um, I've definitely feel the loop cycles of mushrooms. <laughs> and so to be able to like pull yourself out and, and like, you know, tap into that conscious awareness. Um, I think that is really profound because you're, you know what I mean? You're, you're in these levels of yourself that normally in the day-to-day -day existence, you're not connected to. Um, and I can relate to that through my first DMT experience um, that I had where I became um, like the I am presence, like I was right embodied in that. And then it was like from there, it was just this extension of the consciousness of the universe. And I remember just feeling and being consciousness, like all of the elements of my body, you know, the earth, the air, the water, like all of that. Um, you know, the breath was like the last thing I held on to before, like everything was gone and I had no body and I was just a piece of the conscious universe. And I remember like, asking like what is this <laughs> like what you know what the hell has happened and and then when i came back out of that experience um really being so appreciative of having a body and understanding um even though i couldn't fully understand it it was that material and why right we're born into this physical and we experience life because i couldn't imagine um just being in that that state of being um just floating around in nothingness as a conscious mind's eye um so that was very profound for me as well and i haven't been the same <laughs> so i could relate to what you were saying there um but john do you have any medicines that um 
have really been a powerful experience or really like strong connection that you, it's like your go-to? <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, I, um, I mean, I, I think that there's a time and a place for all the medicines and I've, I've really, um, enjoyed working with, um, a, a lot of them. And, you know, you, you mentioned, um, DMT. Yeah. I think that's a very <clears throat> powerful, um, medicine that, um, is so unique and, um, is so, uh, you know, there's almost not even words for, for where you can go in, in that kind of space. Um, and I, I do think that um, DMT is very important because, I mean, we're all processing <clears throat> DMT in our body. We make it endogenously. So I think there is something to the molecule and um, really experiencing that. But, you know, one of the most profound stories like over the summer uh, was with ayahuasca. And um, this last ceremony, we had done two ceremonies in a day, which is is unusual but um and it was a lot and we kind of we started uh, we had a day ceremony which was a beautiful experience and i know i danced i remember pam you were dancing like it was the sun was shining i just my soul felt so free and so open and i was just so connected to myself and my body and really just enjoying the environment and the people i was with and then um you know we kind of the ceremony kind of ended we took a break that night we sat for another ceremony and this became very intense uh, i remember the the as the sun was setting at dawn or i mean at uh dusk um the level of intensity that i was experiencing was something that i almost couldn't handle and um i can remember kind of take going kind of off from the group and and kind of trying to make amends with um mother ayahuasca and just saying you know if you stop this now i can't take this anymore if you stop this now like i will stop coming here i'll go to the movies on saturday nights i will you know <laughs> not do this anymore and I, you know, i basically got into a conversation with the medicine and, and you know that she explained to me she's like is that really what you want or you're at this threshold and i could recognize i was literally standing in a threshold energy and that there was there was the option to go back, but there was the option to push forward. And mm -hmm. it was that strength in me that I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm obviously I'm looking for more of myself. I'm looking for more of a connection to this universe and my placement here. So I'm not going to go back. I will push forward. And at that moment, the relief and like the beauty that I discovered, I mean, I, I literally was propelled into this field where i could see everybody's energy and i could feel all our connected energy and um really i went from you know the way i described it before it was like almost being in like a revolutionary war camp it was very heavy energy so all of a sudden this like boom beauty connection oneness with the group the earth the um the the medicine it was just such a uh, profound energetic shift that um it really just allowed me to witness myself and my strength and my connection to this guide and how she showed me um my own power and then gave me something in return for you know which is which is sometimes we something we don't receive in this world is actually getting a you know a reward for for being present and trying to do the work mm -hmm. that's wonderful i agree i felt like i've got a reward <laughs> every now and then um maybe insight in the message that came um, or the shifting, I think, in the journey that I was on. Um, 
I was thinking, um, was there a like specific piece of wisdom or an insight that either one of you guys ever received that was really profound and stayed with you? Oh, absolutely. If, yeah. if you don't mind, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, <clears throat> the uh, San Pedro, we were, you know, we were talking about San Pedro earlier, the cactus. Mm -hmm. um, over the summer, we sat with San Pedro and I, you know, I kind of, um, San Pedro doesn't really take you too deep, but, you know, um, for the, the energy that I was in, I kind of went kind of deep into my head. And, you know, I, I asked the grandfather spirit of the cactus, you know, I said, you know, when, um, you know, I've been dealing with a lot of um, poverty consciousness and, and a lot of like darkness around money, you know, and I asked the grandfather spirits, you know, when is this going to be over for me? You know, I'm, I'm ready to transition out of this and clear as day. Um, the cactus told me when you learn to drink deeply from an empty cup. And that's, that is something that hit me. And that's where I'm, I, I've been able to work with that in my life and just recognizing that, um, there's so much here that, you know, that can fulfill me that's right here and that I don't need to be always looking for something to fill my cup. You know, I, I, I'm sustained by just experiencing this life. And um, that was very profound for me. And it really changed my perspective on my situation. Yeah, that's beautiful. Can you say it one more time? Uh, uh, yeah, um, learning to drink deeply from an empty cup. Drink deeply from an empty cup. I like that. That is really beautiful and profound. Yeah, and it's definitely changed. It changed my whole perspective on my situation, and it allowed me to really contemplate um, what I have rather than what I don't have. Right, and I think especially just for us that are givers, <laughs> and we don't really receive <laughs> from others, we're always, always, you know, taking care of and nourishing other people. Mm -hmm. um, and so then we have to work extra hard sometimes to take care of ourselves and make ourselves a priority. And even in that instance, right, because like you're not really showing yourself the love and the value and the worth because um, right. you're putting everybody and everything else first and above you. Right. Um, yeah. How about you, Lindsay? Was there any like profound <laughs> message of of like wisdom the medicine left you? Um, there's been several, um, but I think the thing that that gets kind of uh, reiterated over and over, like almost like the loops you were describing, Pam, um, yep. is that everything is a everything is a choice. Like, and I have a, a journal that has maybe three or four pages of just like chicken scratch scrawl of like different sizes, like um, yeah, just all over the place. Like everything is a choice. Everything is like because it just was like that's that was the message that kind of just kept coming through um and it's and it's happened more in more than one sitting um where that's been sort of the salient takeaway and um yeah and and just also another one that was really profound though was uh that this like basically the story that you tell yourself determines your outcome so whatever message you know the self-talk about oh like I mean, to take John's example, because I've also had some some similar energy around money, um, you know, to be like, I don't have any money. I'm never going to have money. Why is all these, why are all these other people, why do they have this and I don't? And, you know, like that kind of a, a narrative is 
is only going to reinforce the same, you know, more of the same, um, and make it even make it worse, maybe. Um, so just remembering like, you know, that, that the story you tell yourself really does, it's not just words. I mean, words, you know, become thoughts are things and, you know, words become real, you know, and all that. So I think those are kind of the, those are two themes that have come up multiple times throughout different journeys, um, for me. Um, so yeah, that's probably, those are probably the, the two that stand out. Yeah, that's awesome. I think for me, I can't really say that I've had like a profound like statement or, you know, sentence or whatnot, but I, uh, like I always see the structure. The universe shows me like secrets, I guess, of like how it's, you know, built or whatever. Um, and so for me, it's always tapping more into like this hidden dimension and really seeing like, you know, the whole man behind the curtain, I guess, Wizard of Oz theme there. Um, so with that, I've had profound insight and in understanding the human journey compared to like, you know, the soul aspect. Um, I think I've done a lot in the past year with my masculine, um, the medicine really went after my egoic brain. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think just layers of the mind, right, that gets trapped in, in these thoughts. Um, and for me, it was just more awareness uh, of that. And so trying to, like, developmentally, like, move along, I guess, um, which is just really kind of weird to explain to people sometimes. And these journeys can be really hard to articulate like what you do see and what you do feel, but it's so profound. And I love to journal when I'm on the medicine. Um, so I definitely understand that of having like pages of chicken scratch and like <laughs> that you go back and you're trying to read like what was the medicine channeling. And yeah. um, I guess I'm trying to think of like a question or whatnot. Um, I guess I'm just curious, is there something you guys haven't tried um, for like, you know, a psychedelic or plant medicine or whatnot that you would like to? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Lindsay. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I, well, there's probably a few. Um, you know, I never really like, there was a lot of things in high school and, you know, early college days that like I didn't try. I don't know why. I'm not like a, I learned how to walk, literally learned how to walk by like running around and falling down. Um, and I mean, that extrapolates out <laughs> into like more than just learning how to walk as a, as a baby. But uh, so I'm surprised that I didn't try as many, you know, um, as a lot of my friends did, but, um, a, two that stand out in my head that I, that I passed up that I definitely need to, you know, revisit, um, are LSD and, um, ecstasy, I guess, or MDMA, uh, I guess is the more technical term. So those two, um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling called, uh, especially to the LSD, um, very soon. I don't, know what it is about it that's um i'm a bit i think it's because mushrooms are very um they can be very uh like i don't know i don't want to say harsh but like intense and kind of 
they can kind of like very much humble you <laughs> and kind of, you know, show you your shit and it, it can be a very difficult experience. And so uh, from what I've heard about it, it, it sounds like um, LSD is, you know, a bit easier to drive, like maybe you have more control over where you go um, than maybe you do with mushrooms. I'm not sure. It depends on, it seems like it depends on who you ask, but it does, I do seem to get overwhelmingly, um, it seems like people are overwhelmingly positive about LSD on the whole. And so I'm excited to try that one day. Yeah. And I feel like when you have, right, like we talked about earlier, when it calls to you and you just know, and then I think it's just about setting those intentions of, Right, allowing a safe space and the t- the right time, and it will come. Um, I did LSD in my mid twenties with my ex husband, um, and because of those experiences, I will absolutely admit my ego has some fear about doing it now. Um, when I was married, he I really considered it more experiencing things. But he would be like, oh, do this because I want to do this. And I remember um, he'd, he'd have me do like two hits uh, of acid um, at once. And it was too much for like my body size. Um, and so I just, it, yeah. So I think my ego has fear left over from that. Um, so I know I have work to do around it before I can kind of go down that path, I think. But that's you know i yeah it's pretty it was pretty cool <laughs> experience somewhat though i remember just being paranoid um but yeah i remember snow in july too so <laughs> i don't know lsd is something else um john how about you uh yeah i i really um am feeling called to sit with uh the medicine that comes from the bufo frog, which is uh, 5-MAO DMT. Uh, I've experienced a lot of other DMTs, but I've never experienced the 5-MAO, and I'm looking to have that experience eventually. That, and um, I'm I'm interested in sitting with Ibogaine, which I've heard is not uh, the greatest, is a very tough experience. But again, I think um, I'm just interested in, in the plant teachers and the, you know, the guidance that each teacher can can kind of give me so those are two that i'm i'm looking to seek or that i'm kind of calling out to and when they come to me that'll be the time Mm, that's awesome um so john i do want to ask you because i know you and i like especially last week when we were talking about the wounded you know feminine and masculine and whatnot we kind of went into archetypes and the hero's journey and all that i'm kind of curious if you could explain for the audience like initiation and how ancient like civilizations and right some of these archetypal myths and whatnot, mm-hmm. how plant medicine is a part of initiation. Sure, yeah, sure. I mean, um, what I'm primarily focused on, what I do a lot of my research in, is the um, ceremonies that took place at Eleusis in Greece, which mm-hmm. was um, a ceremony dedicated to Demeter. Um, and her kind of uh, traveling into the underworld to seek Persephone or, or even, and even just kind of, um, really what the, the kind of story goes to kind of be brief, uh, as she's looking for Persephone and kind of goes into her darkness for nine days, she wanders into this town of Eleusis and gets into the royal household and becomes a nanny for the prince. And, um, 
decides to give him immortality. So she's kind of doing this ritual, holding this baby into a fire, and the mother comes in and it gets like, you know, obviously sees her, her baby being held in a fire and um, is very upset. So she starts yelling at Demeter, but she doesn't know it's Demeter. She doesn't know that it's it's a goddess here holding, you know, kind of doing a, a immortality ritual on her child. So she stops the process uh, and Demeter gets kind of angry and says, well, you know, um, seeing how I was going to give this um, child immortality, what you're going to do is you're going to now build a temple to me and then we will give immortality to everybody that comes to this ceremony. So this became the, the origin of this ceremony that lasted for more than 2,000 years. And it was like the biggest thing in the Greco-Roman world where um, slaves were allowed to attend, women, children. There was uh, It was pretty much this huge event that everybody would come to and you would fast. Uh, there would be a lot of things you had to prepare yourself before the ritual and the initiation. And that was, you know, fasting and you had to purify yourself and, and um, you had to be able to speak Greek no matter where you came from in the world. So people would prepare for, for months. You didn't have to speak fluent Greek, but you had to get by in Greek. And um, you also couldn't have blood on your hands. So you couldn't have killed somebody outside of war, I guess. Um, but then you, so you purified yourself. And when you came to the ceremony, um, they offered you a cup called the kakekion. And it's still being debated what was in that cup, but there's a lot of evidence to say it was either um, uh, an ergot mold that would be kind of like an LSD um, kind of thing or uh, mushrooms itself, because there's a lot of evidence that says that there was mushrooms. Um, it was a mushroom brew brewed with barley. And the whole purpose of this was to initiate yourself into essentially your your own death and to uh, the whole idea was that if you die before you die you will not die so if you go through this initiation process in this right and experience yourself in another world when you come back you are not the same and now you now you've actually conquered your own death and now you can live again so it's this idea that you have to be initiated into your almost your entire lifetime cycle and then you can actually be reborn again to live a, a true life. And I always thought that was a very profound thing where um, we're crossing this threshold into this, like you said, like to be out of your body and then to come back in your body and be, feel so happy to like have a physical presence. Mm -hmm. That's a unique, profound experience that, you know, nobody ever forgets. And, you know, even for me, like <clears throat> I've, you know, um, like you were mentioning with DMT, I've been in those like heightened realms where you're completely, you are just a, a piece of consciousness experiencing other realms as other realms exist. And then when you come back, it's just like, wow, like I do have so much to actually like touch and feel and be present with and actually like embrace. It's a, it's, it's a great feeling. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. That was beautiful. I love the way you um, <laughs> tell the myth stories for sure. Uh, I, I try to summarize it. I could talk for hours on that. So I'll just try to be yeah. as concise as possible. <laughs> I know. Me too. I get it. Um, no, and that's how I see it, right? This initiation because, yeah, like you're no longer in this kind of ordinary nine to five <laughs> world. It's right. that you go 
like death and rebirth and like you're not the same. Absolutely. Mm. Lindsay, how about for you? I know um like you like you had said, like I struggled with religion and I, I do consider myself spiritual and all. Do you by any chance do you see how like initiation with medicine has played a role like for you? Um I think yeah, I mean certainly yeah like I said like before and you just mentioned that um I definitely feel like it brought me back to myself spiritually um and I think and I think that like initiation and just um you know those sort of things in our culture are sort of missing in a lot of you know like the especially like um you know the coming of age sort of things like we don't really have that and there's not so there's really no point at which you're really an adult it's sort of like uh you know this kind of gradual thing and um not that you know taking plant medicines makes you an adult but it certainly gives you a better perspective on yourself and um different it allows you to see things from different perspective that you than you normally have in your you know as you would say nine to five consciousness or whatever um and so i think i think that's been it's been a game changer for me like all across the board I've just been much more in tune with and I think it's because like you can for me it's when I'm like you were saying about the cycles it for me I have cycles on the mushrooms as well and it's I get very in touch with like the way that my brain works um like the background noise that's always there it's just like amplified so I can hear it and I can be more you know conscious of it and once I do that it's like I I um Sorry. (laughs) But yeah, I I just, uh, I feel like it's good practice for everyday life. And I feel like it's been, it's been just such a big, it's helped me in so many ways that I can't even begin to describe. And so in that way, it's been a pretty significant initiation. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, For me, so when I first ever did anything I went I went to yeah South America I went to Peru for ayahuasca um I had spent like a month there and and the retreat for the ayahuasca was like the first week that I did and then you know in the following weeks I just kind of backpack around Sacred Valley and ended up at Machu Picchu um and so for me I went through like this whole <laughs> kind of massive ordeal um, like John had mentioned earlier, right? Like, w- especially with ayahuasca, there's a process, um, like fasting or being on specific diets. I will say with ayahuasca, for those listening, really, really do your research and see your doctors. Um, I know ayahuasca is becoming more popular in the United States and there are more, you know, like churches and retreats and things that are popping up. So, I mean, literally you can pretty much go to quite, quite a few states and and have these experiences. Um, but I would just, yeah. So I, I was called for that. And, um, I think I didn't realize at the time it was an initiation. I just saw it as a vacation. Um, I, but then it was like realizing the ordeal around the fasting and, um, you know, like the health aspects of it. I had to go, you know, negotiate with my doctor to get her to sign off on the paperwork. 
because to be honest, when I think with the spiritual awakening, you know, there's that whole dark night of the soul and some depression that can come up naturally. And so then when you're dealing with psychedelics, you know, the biggest, um, I think is like psychosis, right? When you have a lot of traumas or you have a lot of negative energy, like that's always the more scarier aspect is the psychosis that people go through. Um, and so, yeah, so with the ayahuasca, there's a little bit more detailed there than a, than a shroom trip or, you know, San Pedro or DMT or some of the other things that we had talked about. Um, so with the ayahuasca, I yeah, I went on this whole month-long journey. And then when I got to school um, for my master's degree the following year, and I started getting into like the psychology um, aspects and looking at, you know, initiation and ritual, and like you had said, coming of age and these rites of passage that we no longer acknowledge or celebrate, um, I had this huge epiphany and realized like that was my rite of passage, whatever, you know, the universe was calling me forward for, um, it, that, that whole journey and all of the, this, not, I don't want to say suffering, but <laughs> the more unpleasant, uncomfortable experiences of it was that rite of passage. Um, and so then it was just a couple of years um, waiting, I think, for things to shift and click. And so the past year, it's been like, oh my goodness, like every month or every couple of months, we've been doing these different medicines um, together in this beautiful space. Um, so yeah, I guess, do you guys have any other like thoughts or comments or, you know, anything you want to add about it? Um, well, yeah, just to kind of reiterate what you said about ayahuasca and preparing, I think preparing for any ceremony or any experience, um, I think is, is a, is a big deal. I think the more prep, prep work you can do, um, to kind of cleanse your body out, to kind of make space for the teacher to kind of come in and kind of put a little bit of sacrifice of yourself um, for this beautiful message from the universe you're about to receive is always beneficial. I think that's um, something that's very important. Like you were saying with the, 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 the diet, the dieta for um, ayahuasca, it's, it's rough and it's tough, especially coming from our society where we're used to kind of, you know, eating whatever. And, you know, we kind of, you know, grab this or grab that. And then when you can only eat a few things, you really have to kind of um, really focus on your physicality and focusing on your physicality, I think, um, on the back end allows you to kind of experience more of your spiritual aspects, having purified yourself. Um, and I think that's, I think it's important. I think you're, you're right to point that out, that any kind of pre-work you can do before an experience like that to kind of purifying cleanse is, is definitely beneficial. Absolutely. And I'd say even just doing your shadow work and doing your healing, sure. because the one thing I did notice right away when I went to South America, um, and this was in like 19, 2019, um, or 18, no, it was in 18. Um, some people were drawn there to the medicine and they didn't really know why it was just, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to try this and I have no idea what's going to happen or, you know what I mean? And then there were other people that really knew what the medicine was and knew like, you know, kind of more um, how this was going to impact them. 
Um, it was actually surprising because there was like two couples that were like on their honeymoon. And and I really thought like that was a, a strange <laughs> thing to be doing for your honeymoon. But okay. Um, but like, yeah, with... Um, so what I noticed was I had been working on myself since 2015, 2016. So at that point, I had only been two years of like conscious awareness um, after my divorce, like the whole, like I said, that dark night of the soul that kind of jolts you into a spiritual awakening. Um, so I was very, very dedicated to my healing. Um, before the plant medicine, I was using, you know, guided meditations and, and mm. active imagination. And I was going back, you know, in, into those trauma times and I was um, doing the healing. Mm -hmm. So when I got to South America, I couldn't really relate to the people that were having a really hard time with the medicine. Um, I did three ceremonies in that first week. So it was like your first night and your second night medicines. Then you had a day off. And then like your last night was again, your final um, medicine. And so the first two nights, I was so energized and I was on this like natural, happy high. I had like, you know, did some healing for sure, but I had also connected with a part of my soul that I had never connected with before. And, um, and so seeing people who couldn't get out of bed and who were really, you know, drained and exhausted, um, some fearful imagery or whatnot. And I, it wasn't until the third night when I had um, my ego death, um, which I had to submit to by purging, um, by vomiting, and I couldn't do it. Like, it was hours, and I just would not submit to that death. Um, and it showed me how strong I really, really was. Um, and I finally understood after that night. Like, I understood the darkness of the medicine and what these, you know, people were being seen and shown um, so I've been very lucky that I have never personally had any major like psychosis or negative experiences, but I have kind of seen other people from the outside, what looks like, you know, maybe it's really scary and dark, but knowing on the inside that they're, you know, battling demons or being shown, you know, universal truths, um, that's just part of whoops, their journey and who they are. Um, so I think sometimes doing whatever you can besides like the food diet, but just to clear yourself out of any negative energies. And that's why it's so important to do um, energy cleansing, right? Using Palo Santo, sage, any kind of um, protection like oils or sprays, um, just because you don't know what's being released around you by other people and that what you pick up on. So I think there's definitely um, some darkness with energy that isn't always talked about as well. And so it's really, really important to protect yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of my little spiel. <laughs> <laughs> All well, of the positives, but there's also, you know, if you're not <laughs> aware and you don't know and you don't think about it, um, there's an exchange of energy that may not be so pleasant and things can get attached. Absolutely. And, and I think just to make one more point, I think the, um, the most important thing is, is integration of all this stuff, because um, it's one thing to have these experiences and then to be able to talk as a group the next day about your experiences and kind of try to um, 
bring it, it it all back in. You know, I've seen, like you said, I've seen people have very uh, what it seems to me to be dark experiences, and then the next day at integration, they say how the, that was the most beautiful, profound thing they've ever experienced in their life. So right. we, we have to like kind of look at that full picture and really um, bring it back in and try to make sense with it. You know, and I think that's why community is so important because we can continuously share our experiences, share our stories and how it's affecting our day to day between ceremonies. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's the most important thing is like when the ceremony ends and the integration starts happening and you go back (coughs) to day to day life, um, it's so easy to forget those messages. It's, you know, easy, especially when you don't have that community. I think for the people that are just traveling, um, you know, and finding retreats and doing it, you know, on their vacation time, or even people that are just doing medicines alone um, right. you know, in their home, I feel like that is just so much on the rise, um, especially with mushrooms and things, you know, now that laws are kind of shifting federally and, and on state levels. Um I just, I can't imagine doing any of it alone. I don't think after these right. experiences, I would want to do it alone. Yeah. Yeah. In the past, when I've done it alone, it's been much less profound. Let's just say. I mean, it's and it's harder to integrate, too. That was, I'm glad you brought that up, John. Uh, I was going to say, I was going to mention integration, too, because I think integration, I feel like, you know, it's easier to just go do the, have the big experience and then, you know, just keep moving on. But uh, and it, you know, it definitely works much better if you are intentional about your integration. And I also think another thing to mention is, um, having an intention, like when you go into it is good. I mean, sometimes the intention is just whatever the medicine is going to show you because that's ultimately what you're going to get. But I think having some sort of an idea, like you were saying, um, in Peru, some of the people not really, not really having done that pre-work, I, I think that it's easy a lot of people maybe uh, just want to go have the experience and not do the work before and after. And I think the work before and after is what kind of really solidifies it and makes it so valuable. <clears throat> and I, and I fully agree that like having that community space where you have an ongoing relationship with the people that are also doing the work, I think that's really, that's been huge. So I, I definitely prefer that. Um, not that there's nothing to be said about doing something alone, like you can get something out of that. I just find that the the collective energy of the group, it is sort of like a, its own thing that that lends itself into into the experience. And uh, and also, like you mentioned, you know, helps with the integration as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Integration is super important. Um I'm just thinking, like, when it comes to integration, like, what are some of the ways, I guess, because, right, integration, what does that mean? What are some of, like, the tools or the ways, I I guess, um, that you guys have found integration to work for you? Um, I mean, I, I again, I like the, the community aspect of just kind of going around the circle and talking about the experiences. Um, just kind of like what Lindsay was saying, like, when you get into this group, you create this container and the container has its own energy. And um, it's interesting to see how everybody's puzzle piece puts together this grand mosaic. And that's, um, for me, it's been the communication aspect of it and just really uh, listening to others' experiences, um, kind of putting that into my own experience for that ceremony or or even into the bigger life, you know, because we're all, 
kind of dealing with the same things just from a different perspective and um, just really talking it out and um, being able to um, share in your experience and to be completely open, um, I think is just really beneficial and is just is part of that healing process. Mm, absolutely. I agree. Cause I know we had um, <laughs> a retreat not too long ago and like I was on medicine and you were, you know, support staff. And I <laughs> can remember going through my process with you. So I was like integrating in real time on the medicine. Yeah. So then afterwards, the next day, and when we were like, you know, leaving and going back to life, I was like, wow, I don't feel like I have so much to integrate this time. Like, I feel <laughs> like it's already been achieved. So <laughs> That was a really, really beautiful experience for me. And I'm so grateful to you. Like always, always, I will be for that weekend in that moment. Um, you just kind of like, and for me, I'm always in pain, right? Like my stomach, oh my God, that energy gets so intense. So just to like kind of have you like hold me <laughs> while I was in pain and just being able to talk about the energy and what I was seeing, um, that was really profound. So I agree having that part. For me, normally I'll journal and I will go into like massive self-reflection. Um, and I just kind of like shut down the outside world for a minute and I have to retreat inwards and really like look and reflect and analyze and process it all. And that, um, that really helps me on my integrational journey. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, for, for me it's been like really helpful also to work with a therapist um which i've been doing since my first retreat on uh, 2019 and it's been and actually that's what got me into therapy and i probably needed to be in it for at least 10 years before that <laughs> but uh but it's been it's been helpful to just kind of have that um you know that space set up you know on a regular basis to have the time to talk and and journaling as well, like you mentioned, that's been helpful. Do you, does your therapist, I'm just curious, do they work with um, like plant medicine and stuff? Or is that something like you have to kind of teach them about in the process? I'm just curious. Yeah, you know what? I don't actually really know the answer to that because when I found her, I was looking for an EMDR therapist, not... I wasn't specifically trying to like integrate anything. I mean, I, I had, I had just come back from my trip and I was trying to work, you know, I was integrating, but I was aware of the fact that I had a lot of trauma that I needed to work through. And I thought um, EMDR would be actually, it was a recommendation of the therapist on staff at the retreat. She was suggested I try EMDR because she, I had talked to her a good bit over the week, over the arc of the week, just about, you know, what, um, what I was working through and stuff. And she suggested that. So I found this therapist and, and, uh, and I never asked her like about her position on that. Um, yeah. and I, but when I've mentioned it, you know, uh, several times now, she always seems very like, n there's no like shock on her face or, you know, she seems very like it's, it's just part, you know, normal. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if she had, if she's gone and done, you know, her own thing. I know there's a lot of therapists that are doing that now. Right. Um, they'll go down to wherever it's, you know, on the up and up and uh, do a ceremony because I, I mean, I think that that's kind of necessary too, if you're going to be working with people that um, are trying to integrate from 
from plant medicine. I think you, you kind of need, you can do a much better job if you have personal firsthand experience with the medicine. No, I completely agree. And, and that's the one thing I've thought about is um, getting like my licensing and going into like that avenue, but it's just something about a clinical setting. I would much rather not do that and be more like outside the box. But I know I had um, PTSD after my, you know, divorce situation and I ended up in therapy for a year. And at that point I wasn't even, you know, really on the plant medicines. Um, I don't think I had gone to Peru yet, um, but I don't know. I would talk to her about my spiritual stuff and I felt like <laughs> I just needed someone to talk to and she didn't really kind of get it or whatever. So I was just kind of curious if like, yeah, I don't know, plant medicine. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, yeah, it's got that stigma and whatnot, but. Yeah. That's awesome that um, you can at least, yeah, have like a safe setting and be able to really talk to somebody and get their like medical profession, like advice and help too. And I think that's really important for the audience to know is there's so many avenues for sure. Yeah, right. For sure. And I, um, right. <clears throat> oh, go ahead. Uh, no, you know, there's one more thing as you were saying with that, um, kind of like talking to your therapist. I think there's a level of shame too that kind of is connected to plant medicine from our culture. And, you know, um, we all kind of feel like, oh, this isn't like, you know, this is so not part of our, our society and we're kind of getting outside. But I think that we're, um, you know, I think with that whole shame thing, we have to come to terms with that and recognize these are natural medicines that have been used for thousands and thousands and thousands of years by many different cultures. And, right. um, you know, we really have to just kind of drop that stigma and that shame um, that, you know, we're doing something wrong because we're actually, you know, pursuing something so natural and so wonderful that, um, you know, we, we really have to kind of change our, our mindsets as a, as a group, as a society. Absolutely. And I'm hoping <laughs> like that's where we're headed. And I think like, you know, doing episodes like this and hearing like our experiences maybe helps people who are on the fence or maybe who are really closed off um because for so long culturally it was yeah like this is drugs this is bad like and even with marijuana you know in the last decade or two decades um even that has drastically changed because i remember growing up it was such a bad thing and you know it was so private and now you know i live in a state where there's recreation and medical um (laughs) dispensaries everywhere oh yeah so it's like yeah it's crazy um but that, we went from hot to cold too, you know, where we were, you know, kind of uh, demonizing the plant. And then all of a sudden it's like almost kind of like, you know, just throwing it out there and, you know, making all these deals and flashy labels and everything. It just happened so quickly that we, you know, almost feels like the spirituality did not come with it through legalization. It, it, we kind of like dropped the spirituality and be like, hey, it's free, you, know, you can have it now. And, you know this store has got a deal and that store has got a deal and look at all these beautiful packages it's really kind of stripping the spirituality aspect of it absolutely and i would say to people um to the audience like with any medicine with any psychedelic with any you know plant um excessiveness is always 
Oh, his, um, right. I think it depends on how available it is to you. Like ayahuasca obviously is a little bit different, but with people growing, you know, shrooms in their own house and whatnot, that's a little, you know, different. Um, but sometimes from my own experiences and from others, it can be really hard to come back. You know, there's a part of you that wants to be in that space of, joy and bliss and wonder and awe and to come back into your body can really be a struggle. So there definitely can be um, downsides to that. And just like everything else that humans do, we can be excessive and abusive and then it becomes a coping mechanism and an addiction, um, which is not the purpose at all of these medicines. They are meant to help us heal the wounds and give us like the guidance and the insight um, for our own human journey and spiritual journey that we're on. Um, but with that, we are just a little past an hour. So I'm just going to wrap up. Um, thank you to the audience. Thank you to John and Lindsay for being here and really, you know, just kind of having this open dialogue with me about your own experiences and your own, you know, thoughts, opinions, and feelings with psychedelics and plant medicines. Um, just super, super grateful that, the medicine led us together into this beautiful community and that we can now, you know, take that and try and share that with others um, and bring up, yeah, that message of healing <laughs> into the collective. Um, so thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It was a great conversation. Yeah, it was. And like you said, I mean, we could take a hundred detours <laughs> and, and do these like conversations all day. They're just so fun and um, eye opening. So I'm really, really, truly grateful for you both. And I really, um, yeah, hope maybe New Year's Eve <laughs> or if not into the winter, um, we'll see each other again. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, take Thanks care so and enjoy your lovely day. Absolutely. You as well. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye, Lindsay. Thanks.